0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Chris, sounds like you're going to Steelers training camp later today. Uh
0: huh. Are uh-huh. there things
1: that you can pick up by being there in person? that you would not know otherwise. Like, it feels like it would be helpful to have, like, boots on the ground. Like, that's why they, like, have the journalists go out there.
0: Yeah, I I think there is. Like, just – we were just talking before the show, right before you jumped on, Chelsea, actually, some of my kind of takeaways from one day at Steelers practice yesterday. And just in talking to guys before and after practice, in watching the execution of stuff during practice – I mean, again, it's one day of training camp. It's like watching one preseason game when your starters play one drive. You don't want to take too much away from it, but I would say for the Steelers, for example, I took away after yesterday's practice. I think they're going to be a little more physical up front, especially on the offensive line than they were last year. That's good for the running game. Kenny Pickett does look good, some really nice throws, and I have some question marks about their secondary because there's been so many injuries during camp that they haven't really had a chance to gel Quite yet, although there's still a few weeks left to do that, obviously. And I think, you know, if for somebody who was sitting there watching the joint practices between the Commanders and the Ravens the last couple of days, maybe they've got some takeaways too. So, yeah, I definitely think you can get an idea of how a team may or may not be trending at any given time by standing there watching them work out in practice.
1: Do you think it ever goes the other direction where you are a little too optimistic? when you see a team in person, because I think that's where the tough part comes in. When you read these training camp reports uh, from people who are there and watching, because of course, like some people are going to look good in practice. Of course the quarterback is going to look better when, you know, they don't have a pro bowl defensive end going for their head because obviously they've got the Jersey on. They're not going to take the tackles. Do you think it goes the other way sometimes where you feel like you have to caution yourself a little bit with the optimism?
0: Absolutely. And I'll say as someone who's covered multiple spring trainings in my day, that this happens every year in baseball, right? Mm -hmm. Every single year in baseball, pitchers and catchers report, and then you watch a couple bullpens. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get the first turn through the rotation and, oh, somebody hit a 400 foot shot to left and, oh, you know, it, hope springs eternal in baseball every single spring. And I think the same thing happens in the NFL every single July and August. It's why you do have to pump the brakes a little bit and why you sometimes have to remind yourself, Hey, if again, I'll use Kenny Pickett and the Steelers as an example, since I was there yesterday, if Kenny Pickett and George Pickens are looking really, really good every day in practice, what's that mean for the corners who are covering george pickens and what's that mean for the pass rush that's giving kenny pickett all day to stand back there and pick apart said secondary so yeah if one side of the ball is doing well in a football practice it's probably because the other side of the ball isn't doing so well and vice versa
1: i'll say this about george pickens though that guy is a talent i remember when he signed at the University of Georgia, because I was in Columbus, Georgia, as a TV TV reporter at the time, and all of the charts were just projecting that he was going to be the supreme talent, and he was. If you watch him catch a football, you're like, okay, this guy's a stud. So I think maybe that is factored in as well. But the reason I bring up vibes and optimism is because it feels like we have a lot of both of those when it comes to the commanders and their training Mm -hmm. camp because We know the ousting of Dan Snyder was the biggest vibe change you could probably have for an organization. He brought a lot of toxicity, I would say is the right word, to that franchise, but now he's gone. But now what I'm trying to do is sort the vibes from the actual team because vibes don't win football games. Like Maybe they win you one or two, but still... It's looking like an uphill battle for the Commanders this season because a lot of people like Sam Howell as the quarterback, but he has a total of one game played. How much experience or how much can we really take away from one game played in the NFL? So I'll say this. uh, I'll say the, the, the bets for the Commanders, and we'll go down and see if there are any that we'd like. So last right. season, the commanders, 8, 8, and 1, uh, minus 22 point differential, missed the playoffs. Uh, this year, their win total, six and a half wins, juiced to the under at minus 115, 10 to 1 to win the NFC East, 35 to 1 to win the NFC, and 80 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. So, Chris, have you had any takeaways when looking at the commanders that maybe would translate into a bet? Or what's your just overall takeaway on the commanders this season?
0: Well, I think you make a really good point, Chelsea, about the toxicity level in Washington, right? And how that should change now that there's new ownership in place. But that kind of thing doesn't happen overnight. Like we were joking around a little bit earlier about how, you know, living in Nashville, you you can only get so many hangovers before you realize, maybe I don't need to go out and party every single night. And a hangover is what? It's just the toxins leaving your body, right? Well, the toxins take some time to leave your body. And in Washington's case, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take some time for the culture to change. And I think even if things are moving in a positive direction, that doesn't necessarily take the commanders from, you know, a mediocrity year after year after year to... Instant NFC East contender. That's why that like ten to one number on the division is alarmingly short to me. Like I, I I can't imagine anyone who's leaning in on a ten to one number for the Commanders to win the NFC East. That doesn't mean I don't I don't feel some of those positive vibes. Like every report you get out of Commanders camp is. Sam Howe's looking really good, had a decent first preseason game, increasing chemistry with Terry McLaurin, who should be primed for an even bigger year than he's had his first few in the NFL. So look, it's probably damning with faint praise, but I don't think it's crazy to say that Sam Howe could be the second best quarterback in his draft class. Again, we look at that draft class and what is it? It's Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter, and Malik Willis, and what, Bailey Zappi. Like, it's not a great draft class. But right now, as it stands, I think Sam Howell has potential. The question is, can this version of the commanders, with Eric Bieniemy running around practice screaming at everybody to the point where Ron Rivera has to be like, whoa, everybody just chill now. Um, is that the right development incubator, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, for a young quarterback? I mean... You could say to an extent it worked for Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, right? But was that Eric Bieniemy or was that Andy Reid? I guess this is certain. the next year or two will answer that question. How much did Eric Bieniemy really have to do with the development of say Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City and can he do the same thing with a Sam Howell in Washington?
1: And how much of it was just Patrick Mahomes being supremely being talented? Patrick Mahomes, it's the yes. same question as when you have offensive coordinators who had a lot of success with really uh, high highly touted quarterbacks, like look at Aaron Rodgers and who was it, Nathaniel Hackett? They're like, yeah, Nathaniel right. Hackett, he'll do a great job as a head coach. Mm, was not the case in Denver. The biggest question I have for the commanders is the fact that they start the season with an absolute gauntlet of a schedule. Yeah. They have one game that seems like a gimme. They start off at the Cardinals, or excuse me, against the Cardinals at home. That feels like a game that they should probably win. But then they go on the road to Denver, they play the Bills, they play the Eagles, and then they play two teams that are probably going to be more improved this season, and the Bears and the Falcons. So that means to me that that first game of the season is very important. If you're on the win total for the Commanders, that is a game that they absolutely have to win. And when you have a quarterback who does not have a lot of experience, I feel it's get, like it's going to be tough to start the season – Ready and primed and NFL ready for the action that's coming his way when it comes to Sam Howell. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a bumpy ride for the commanders, at least in the first few games of the season. But uh, six and a half, it's looking a little too high. In my opinion, I think I would take the under on their win total.
0: See, I lean over, and I'll tell you why. And it's not because I think they're going to be a playoff team. It's not because I even think they're going to win nine games. I I think this is another sub-500 year or maybe 500 at best year for the commanders. But I do look at the schedule, and I do see a couple of spots that I think decide whether this is a, say, five-win team or a nine-win team. And I think they can swing that far. I look at weeks five and six because, to your point, the first four weeks are brutal. I I think much mm-hmm. less of the Broncos. I think than many other people, but I think there's reason to believe the Commanders could be two and zero before they lose to the Bills and Eagles. And if they're two and two going into Week Five, a home game against the Bears. I know everybody's flying high on the Bears right now because of Justin Fields, but Weeks Five and Six are huge for them because they should be go- able to go to Atlanta and and win a game against inexperienced, I know it'd be a battle of inexperienced 2022 quarterbacks in Howell and Ritter most likely, but I think they can go to Atlanta and win. I think they can beat the Bears at home and they could shock everybody and be four and two six weeks into the season. And then the question is, once you work your way through the meat of the schedule late in the year, let's say they're somewhere right around 500. And before that ugly wrap up of the last two games against the Niners and Cowboys, granted both are at home, they've got trips to L.A. to face the Rams and to New York to face the Jets. Those are two games that if they win both of them, and I think they're capable of winning both of those, couple those with surprising wins in weeks five and six, all of a sudden, this is a nine-win football team, I think. And that's not entirely crazy. The question is, if they get a young, inexperienced quarterback looking like a young, inexperienced quarterback, then that's how that quickly devolves into a five- or six-win team. I'm leaning slightly over... I think they're a 7-10 and ten team, but I don't say that with a great amount of confidence, knowing that we still have no idea how Biennium and Howell are going to mesh.
1: I just think that it's going to be tough for the Commanders to jump off to a hot start, and then I'm not so sure if they win some of those games, because a lot of this hinges on what you think of some of those other teams, but mm-hmm. I went into this preview thinking I was going to take the over. Because I'm pretty much sold on the vibes and how the culture has changed in Washington. And I wanted to take the over. But looking at the schedule, I just could not pick out seven wins. And usually I'll throw in like a couple surprise wins because we see this in the NFL all the time where a team will beat a team or two that they're not supposed to beat. And I just couldn't find the wins there. But I will say there are some strengths for the Commanders this season. Uh, It looks like their receiver core is, once again, going to be really good. Terry McLaurin led the way last year with 1,191 yards, five touchdowns on the season. Jahan Dotson uh, was a supreme talent, I think, for a rookie guy. 35 catches, 523 yards. And also the defense was really good. The defensive line Absolutely eight against my Tennessee Titans. I remember that game, but the offensive line still has some work to do when it comes to the commanders. And that's where I think there may be some problems because when you have an offensive line, that's not that great and you have a rookie quarterback that does not feel like a recipe for success.
0: Yeah. This is a little bit of a patchwork offensive line. Like you have the young guys and Cosme and Charles, but you've got the veterans that are, you know, are they as good as, that veteran status would usually indicate in Gates and Wiley and then you got the undrafted guy Leno over on the other side. I think it's the, the problem will be because I don't have a ton of trust in their run game either, Robinson and Gibson, that in that offensive line that if they get in games where they let's say back it's back and forth and they can they can keep the offense somewhat balanced, are they actually able to keep it balanced? Or opposing defense is just going to pin their ears back and go after the young quarterback. And if that's the case, Howell is then forced into more mistakes. And that's how you end up with a five-win, six-win team. Uh, and, and also, is Chase Young ever going to be healthy again? S- since we're, you brought up the other side of the ball in the defensive line. I mean, when's the last time he practiced, let alone played in a game? He has been conspicuous by his absence for the most part the last year and a half, which flies directly contrary to the first year and a half of his NFL career. If Chase Young could get healthy and look anything like he did his first full calendar year in the NFL, then they've got a chance to really make some things happen. Emmanuel Forbes is having a great camp, their first round pick. Maybe that's what they need, but to your point, yeah, this is a six to seven win team. And I, maybe I'm just buying into the vibes and that's why I'm leading seven.
1: That's the tricky part is that you have to separate the vibes from the games, but you're right. Sometimes a culture change can make all the difference. And when it comes to teams with really great defenses, sometimes you can muck up the game and keep it low scoring. And that's how the commanders did things. What was it? Two years ago. I remember uh-huh. that playoff game in which they didn't win against, I believe it was the Bucks, but they did cover the spread. So do you think they'll win some games that way?
0: Absolutely. I mean, look, they're still in a division with Daniel freaking Jones as one of the other quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, are we really <laughs> all in on, I mean, yes, you're in a division with the reigning NFC champs and a should be improved Cowboys team, but that's a huge question mark too. I don't know how they go any worse than 500 in the division.
1: We'll see. We shall see about the Washington Commanders. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday
0: mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.